0: Lucky you, listeners! You get to listen to a classic episode of the podcast when it was called The Two Dicks, and then it was the Talking Dicks, and now it's the Talking Dicks Comedy Podcast. This is from the vault. Enjoy. Do not forget to rate and review us. Thanks for your support. What's what's our safe word?
1: jean Ramsey. Okay, ready. <laughs> 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 All right. Disgusting is what I call them. Uh, talking dicks, two dicks talking from the web series, the two dicks. I'm Al Romas in Tampa. That's Al DeSharn in Studio City, and uh, we're talking, uh, talking all things movies, comedy, COVID, gigs, we, whatever you want, whatever you want to talk about. We used to do bullet
0: points, and then we would go ahead and try to move forward with the format but we abandoned that long ago as many of you can tell so we just kind of we absorb we have a little discussion beforehand and then we just roll and whatever happens happens oh do it again ready one two three
1: boom Mm. um yeah we were talking a little before the uh cameras rolled and uh I was telling you, Saturday night, I took a trip down, or Saturday, I took a trip down to Port Charlotte, Florida. Yeah, you had a gig down and, there. Well, I, I, I had a lunch with an old friend, Richie Minervini, oh, comedian. Oh, Richie.
0: Oh, yes, Richie uh, from Eastside yeah. uh, Comedy Club.
1: Exactly. Ran the, the really one of the uh, the big best clubs mm-hmm. of the late 80s into the 90s. And uh, Anyway, he's a comedian. He was performing there, so we had some lunch. And then the club asked if I would do a few minutes, so I went on. Got to go on stage Saturday night and do a, do a tight ten, but the crowd was great. It was full. Mm-hmm. It was like a real Saturday night uh, comedy club. You know, what I mean, it was it well, felt normal. They love you there.
0: Good time. That's The place that we performed at as the Two Dicks uh, last uh, June, 2019.
1: Yeah, they were asking. Uh, the owner was asking me about you and what we're doing. I'm like. We're on twice a week on uh, Facebook with the Talking decks. He's like, oh, really? I have to check that. Out. Like, <laughs> Come check it out. And, yeah, and, brother. and we should go back. We should uh, get
0: rebooked and go as He would love it.
1: Yeah. We did well. Yeah, we, no problem. We, uh,
0: we, uh, we did well. We filled the room.
1: Yeah, I mean, no problem going back uh, whenever, uh, you know, things open up again and we can. But uh, I love these people where I go, well, how's it going? Like, what are you doing? What are you up to? I'm like, we well, got like 40 40- Two volumes of Talking Dicks. We've got episodes. Interviews, it's actually got, this is
0: forty-four, I think.
1: Volume. Forty-four. I mean, and then what we are did, and we also
0: did uh, three interviews on the Patreon page, and we uh, also did a new episode of the Two Dicks. We actually did two episodes. Uh,
1: the uh, the Tom Cotter one is up there now on Patreon, and uh, it's great. I watched it earlier, and. Uh, you know, Tom's got a got has got his green screen going. So a lot of various backgrounds. Uh, very funny. But he's got some great stories. Yeah, great stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great stories. Mm-hmm. Very very funny. Very funny. I started out. With um, yes. You know what? You know what? Oh, interesting. Uh, when you guys were talking about the movie Next Stop Wonderland, mm-hmm. I looked on YouTube. I saw the trailer, and I got to see a, a young detective uh, Dutch Army. You did. There's a clip. Yes. Uh,
0: the uh, camera person was in the passenger seat shooting up like this the director was hiding behind the seat and the script coordinator was behind the passenger seat and i was just driving around boston for about a good 25 minutes half hour and i was just improvising i was improvising when when actually they could use the word just improvise just talk and then that the union clamped down and said no more improvising otherwise you got to get a writer's credit so they stopped doing that but i was just having fun but my one line got through
1: Okay, so they didn't have anything really written? It was just, were all those guys doing that? Because there was a trailer of guys calling this woman to leave a personal ad, and then they're talking themselves up, I guess. Was that all improvised by everybody, or? Now, this could be
0: exaggerated slightly. There might be some hyperbole in my story, but you know how these stories change. This is 22 years ago, so uh, I was actually up for the lead In the uh, as the love interest. And they kept bringing me in with different actresses to see how our chemistry was going to go. But from what I understand, they had already uh, they had already cast Hope Davis, Uh but her agents were negotiating her contract. So they were trying to make sure that they had a backup plan. So they were auditioning me to see how the chemistry I went in six times for the lead. And then uh, Brad Anderson, the director, he was actually the nephew to Holland Taylor, the actress who played Hope Davis's, Hope Davis's mother. Do you remember her? Uh, she put the personal ad. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's in the trailer. Yeah, I, yeah, the yeah, trailer yeah. brought it all back. I had seen the movie in the theater. Even. I know. I saw it, but, but seeing the trailer, I was like, oh, now I remember this whole movie. And the guy who was the lead, I don't think I've ever seen again. I don't recognize him. I have him. a
0: story about him.
1: Well, make it funny, goddamn I don't, don't know if it's gonna over. be
0: funny. It's just interesting. But
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I had gone in. Now Brad Anderson, and by the way, his his uh, his aunt Holland Taylor is a big actress. She has like she was the mother on. Uh, she has like ninety or a hundred films how, under her belt. She was the mother on Two and a Half Men. She played Charlie it's. Charlie Sheen's mother, and uh, she's she's huge. She's huge, and she lives in a big mansion somewhere up on Mulholland. Well, yeah continue (laughs) continue anywho um so i i was going in and out uh six times brad anderson felt bad that he couldn't give me uh the the lead so he says but i want you to play one of these these date guys because you're good at improvising because most of my auditions i was improvising so i said okay sound effects sound effects so he threw me a bone and he had another movie uh where uh he was gonna it was a zombie movie Uh, And he asked Mm -hmm. me if I would play a zombie. Long story. (laughs) So (laughs) going from the lead to the zombie. Anywho, Um, so I start dating this girl who's an actress, comedian actress, who was living in Los Angeles, but originally from New York City. So I was going back and forth between New York, Boston, and Los Angeles. So we're going into her apartment. And she says, hey, Alan. And I, I recognize the guy. I, I go, I, I know that guy. And he goes, hey, how's it going? And uh, we go inside the apartment. She goes, oh, Alan was in that movie that you did. He played the lead in the movie. He was the love interest lead. I'm like, that's where I know him from. He had a, oh. he had a rag in his hand and a, and a monkey wrench. I go, uh-huh. what is he doing? He said, he, is he the super? he's the super. <laughs> of her building. <laughs> that is so Hollywood of an actor in between gigs. He he held yeah. on to his super job because he had free rent. Right. And he was trying to get gigs in between. the And, you know, the movie
1: was released. And I've and never, I, never rec- I mean, I don't recognize that. I didn't look up his IMBD and all that, but I don't recognize the guy ever seeing him in the movie. He did a few movie movies, but he
0: never became like the no. constant working 50 credit i don't even know if he's in the business anymore but
1: i don't know i don't know the guy that beat, even the her, guy that beat even, me uh, out
0: for the lead had yeah. grease on his hands and a monkey wrench
1: <laughs> after
0: the That's movie it, came though. out
1: That's, but that really is uh, a perfect analogy of show business and you know what i mean that just that nails it i mean you could see someone in a movie or on stage or and then you see them in, like you know comedians on the road you think you're in front of 500 people. The next day, you see the guy, the two comics, are walking on a highway, you know, looking for a restaurant to go eat somewhere. And you're like, what? "They're on the. Those are the comedians from last night. They look like two bums." But that's the that's the business. So you know, I get it. The Cleavon, guy got a job, and I'm, I'm leave cutting you off for a sec. Cleavon Little from Blazing Saddles. Yeah.
0: The African American gentleman, and one of the funniest lines, and the and the uh, he he says, "Excuse me while I whip it out," and the and the crowd goes, "Ah," oh! and the townspeople yeah. go, "Ah." Oh! It's a it's a right. black man penis joke, obviously.
1: Right. Everyone's seen the movie.
0: And then thirty years later, a comedian's like, "Yeah, um, you know my roommate Clevon Little." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that's <laughs> – well, that, that that's a sad analogy right there, but it's true. That's, oh, that sucks. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a household name, but he went a decade yeah. without much work. Right, and also a household in households of comedy fans. Like You know what I mean? Unless you have a sitcom with your name on it weekly for free on people's TV every Tuesday – Otherwise, you're not a household name. People think you might think you are, but you're not. It, you're just. It used to be comedy fans mm-hmm. and that pe- those people, you know, people who follow that, like, like all, I have friends in New York. They go to movies. They, wouldn't, they would, they might have enjoyed Blazing Saddles, but they would never know the guy's name. Right. They never would go. Oh, what was that Cleveland I don't know the fucking name. As a comedian,
0: I did, no. of course. They don't care. But they don't care. They don't
1: care. But we always know their names, mm-hmm. and you know. Like, I was watching, I told you, I was watching Where's Papa the other night. Oh, right. Where's Papa? Brian, what's that guy's name? Brian Freitz? I'm sure he, he, he knows Brian all about Freights, it. Brian
0: uh, a comedian Brian Freitz. Uh, also, he has some journalism and some announcer stuff behind his under his belt. But uh, he knows a lot of the details. He, and seems,
1: stuff. he seems to know his film. Yeah, um, He's like an encyclopedia. But anyway, yeah. if anyone, if you haven't seen Where's, I, I had seen it as a kid, but, you know, an 18, 19-year-old kid. But I saw it again. Just and boy, that is the darkest, weirdest, funniest movie uh, from 1970 with George Siegel and Ron Lee. Mother, Ron- I forget the mother. You said I was it Ruth Gordon? Oh, Ruth Gordon. Yeah, I was hoping somebody might be able to get oh, that. Oh, I, 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 right. uh, I can cut it out. And I can cut it out. No, that's fine. And Ron Liebman, Ron Liebman in a gorilla suit running across, and you know. Then I read they released the movie later in, like, the 90s, and they cha- they put a poster of Ron Lehman in the, in the gorilla suit, and they called the film Goin' Ape. <laughs> some other movie company, uh, some cheap movie company bought it with a bunch of films. And renamed it. And re-Goin' re- Ape. It's wow. like, what the fuck? But, um,
0: re- but I
1: recommended it. anyone anyone watching this, man, just George Siegel living with his old mother and... Uh, she's ruining his life and he just wants her dead he wants to kill her and it is hysterical is he, does and he it's have about, an
0: inheritance what, what is his motivation for killing her is he rec- he's taking care he of? he can't her. stand her
1: he wants a girlfriend and uh he wants a life also some guilt involved and, well he's taking care of this old lady and she's a full-time he's a lawyer but she's he's got to make her breakfast in the morning he puts a bowl of cereal he just dumps it and then he takes a can of coke <laughs> And pours the can of coke on the cereal. That's and just shoves it out. He's evil. At her. He's evil. <laughs> yeah, but she is evil and she's forced him. He has no life, the poor man. No life at all. He's a lawyer. He can't sleep at night. And all she does is walk around going, Where's Papa? And Papa's been dead for a hundred years, you know, so uh. um so he wants her dead. He well then he could get the apartment, he could have a life, and he meets a girl and she's like the nicest, sweetest girl, and of course mama can't stand her and does everything she can to destroy the relationship. So, anyway, I was hoping you had seen the movie, but check it out. No, but I, I do out. want to check it out. And uh, anyone here, uh, enjoy it. Check it out. You'll love it. And uh, you know what time it is?
0: <gasps> questions. Wow. One of my favorite parts of the Talking Dicks program.
1: I think it is I think it is everyone's favorite part of the Talking Dicks, and uh, it's not easy to get these questions, folks. Let me tell you. we got to... It, it keeps
0: happening again. It, it's happened again. I'm talking to someone. Oh, my God, I love your podcast. I love the Talking Dicks. And then I go and I look. No comments, no likes. Tons of people are I, listening to this. And that's it. They go, I forget. Oh, I don't even think of it. I just, it's like play. They hit play.
1: I, and then they start if doing I look things. At any, if I look at anything or read anything, I hit like. Automatic. I just hit, Even if I don't like it, I hit like. And ask a I question. I don't understand what people. Ask a question. Ask a goddamn. Would he kill you? So, uh, loyal uh, loyal, loyal fan, friend, Deborah Swig. Oh, we love our Deborah Swig. Popping in, in with a question. Uh, she writes Obnoxiously drunk hecklers. How do you handle that? How do you handle that? I usually say, Alfred? mom. <laughs> Where's Papa? Where's Papa? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to th- There's a uh, there's a there's a director's cut or so with uh, the ending where George siegel crawls in bed with uh Old Ruth Gordon, and then the very ending is right before the credits roll. He goes, "Here's Papa." That's what I was uh, reading on the old internet.
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's because that's he, the, uh, he, he's so
1: horny. What is what is he supposed to be in his thirties? He can't. He's thirties. He's probably supposed to be in his 30s. He looks like he's in his, you know, early 60s. But uh, Ron, you know, Ron, in the Liebman 70s.
0: In the 70s,
1: Ron, Ron Liebman. You know, he's the brother. He's the uh, he's his successful brother who lives across the other side of Central Park. So George Siegel gets sick of having to, you know, stay with Mama. So that's when Segal calls him and he just goes, "I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her right now. I'm going to kill her." And then he gets running across the park to stop the killing. <laughs> but anyway, what, uh, to answer oh. Deb Swick's question, obnoxious hecklers, uh, drunk hecklers, uh, how do you handle that, Alfred? Well, it what depends on the
0: degree of it. If it's if if they're trying to be a part of the show, that's one you know that's one thing. If they're disturbing the show, incoherent, you know, you want the bouncers to take care of that. If they're just excited about the show and they want to be a part of it, you try to do a little bit of volley back and forth. And then you slam them, and usually nine out of ten times that shuts them up. But sometimes I've stopped and said, "Hey, listen, I know you're out having a good time, but uh, it's it's not fun anymore for anybody. So if you could just retract, you know, just just keep it down a little bit, and we'll get all, we'll get through this, you know. And usually that yeah. will do it. But sometimes it's just like, wah, wah, I'm helping you, I'm helping you, and you got to have you got to have the bouncer, somebody talk to them.
1: Get the fuck out.
0: Hit the round, Jack!
1: Get out. I've uh, done it. I've gone, you got to get out. You got to leave. And uh, usually the crowd will applaud. I've had one or two times where I've had someone yell out, you could have handled that better. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Really? Yeah, you stand here trying to do an act with a drunk Marge over there fucking yelling at you. And uh, I could do it. I could have done it better. I mean, we try. We give a little giving back. No, sure. well, eventually you have to leave. Yeah. You shouldn't be out in public anyway, you know. If it's really disrupting the the show, you you got You got to go.
0: You got to go. But uh, I've I've seen some comedians actually get into fisticuffs, wrestling matches, stuff thrown. I've st- I had something thrown at me. A drunk girl threw
1: threw her drink at me. Who's the guy? The best one with the guy at the guitar act. The classic. Oh, can we get? Oh, can we get a clip of that? No, really, don't mess with me, because I don't come down to the bus station and slap the dick out of your mouth when you're working, do I? <laughs> oh, get on up here, motherfucker! Give
0: <laughs> me security. I'm
1: sorry, man. The guy fucking came at me.
0: What do you think, folks? No No, way.
1: Okay, sure.
0: That was unnecessary.
1: I think it was in Texas or something and the the old he just they're coming up on stage the guy and he goes, I I'll I'll hit you with the guitar and he the guy comes up and he smashed the guitar over the guy's head. And then I love when he takes the guitar back, though, at the end. I think he tries to play again. He looks at the crowd. He's gonna, he's actually going to play again. And then the crowd's going nuts about the whole thing. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. I told him. The crowd the took, the, <laughs> took the
0: heckler's side. That's the sad part. And, yes. That's what you do not yes. want to happen. You don't want the crowd to take the heckler's side. The second worst thing yeah. is when you're heckled in the middle of your act and the guy gets a – usually it's a, a dude – gets a bigger laugh than you're getting. And your job as a comedian is to – top him yeah and sometimes if you're in the moment i don't know if this happened to you sometimes I, oh can i have that for my act that's actually pretty funny <laughs> you know if you know right. that you a good chance you can't top it
1: right but you're I've supposed to
0: you're supposed to top it
1: yeah i i don't like i know that you're saying it will make sense i don't like saying that one where i can i have that for my act because then i always feel like then i'm giving him too much credit like you're you're funny, you're an equal, you're, yeah, you're not, you, you know what I mean? But it's an uncomfortable situation, um, you know. And the worst is when usually a girl up front is heckling and only you can hear her. The audience can't hear her. So when you do respond to her, you will come across as being mean. And, you, and they're like, well, why is he attacking that girl? She's not doing anything. And it's like, you, you want to go, yeah, wait a second. She's fucking bothering me and talking the whole show. I want, but you can't. So it's a tricky, uh, that's a tightrope right there.
0: Yes, it's a tightrope.
1: So I don't know if that answers your question, Deb, but uh, yeah, basically if they're obnoxious and drunk,
0: get, get out. out. Speaking of getting get out, out, do we have anything else to cover? Because we have to get out.
1: I got to go. You got to go. Get out! You got to go.
0: Iceberg!
1: Ruin! <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe! If you shoot me, you won't see a cent of that money.